welcome to another episode of On the Couch with myself, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. And in our last episode of the year, I've gone international, I've gone global. I'm talking to MD and has a long and illustrious career in Europe and South America, including a stint at Orasur Mining, a Canadian gold mining company, which had operations in Colombia, Uruguay and Chile, which is listed in the London and Toronto stock markets. He worked there as the CEO and CFO for 12 years. So welcome. Good morning. Buenos dias. An absolute pleasure and delight to have you on the show. And really looking forward to chatting to you about Highfield. Uh, stock code there for the ASX is HFR. So uh, Highfield Resources is what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome. Uh, buenos dias. Uh, thanks a lot for the kind introduction, Henry. Very glad to be here. Uh, that's great. I'm really looking forward to this. Now, just before we do kick off, uh, I'm just going to remind listeners that this is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights that we talk about. So just remember, it is general advice only. So Ignacio, first of all, uh, let's, let's let's deal with the big question. Why, why potash? Why is potash uh, in the news? Why is it coming of age? I guess we down in Australia, it's not something we tend to focus on. But of course, uh, BHP is very much focusing on that going forward. So uh, why potash for you from gold? Uh, potash, uh, I, th I think you are absolutely right. Not only in Australia, potash is, is, is being overlooked to some extent. That is changing. There's no doubt in my mind that is changing. It's a lot of, and it's part of these, these mega trends, or uh, that is BH, the way BHP defined this move to potash as, as part of being aligned with, with these me global mega trends. Now, of course, global warming or climate change. Uh, it, it has been on the agenda very much, but feeding <laughs> feeding the planet um, and feeding the growing population, it is, uh, I, I would say, of course, there as, as one of the key, we can call it mega trends, key uh, main um, objectives uh, that we have as, as a planet. No, I mean, uh, the fundamentals of potash are very strong. It is a sector that has been very stable for many years and remains such uh, within the mining uh, sector and compared to gold or others. And uh, very much uh, the fundamentals looking forward are about a growing population uh, that we all are very well aware of uh, with arable land that are is, is decreasing and will continue decreasing no matter what happens. The only way to make that uh, equation work is with fertilizers uh, and potash is key one uh, that, that creates uh, bigger yields and, and, and bigger productivity and allow us to do that. So those fundamentals are going to remain there. And um, in this moment in time, because of the, the pandemic, because crops prices have been uh, growing significantly, rocketing up uh, significantly. I mean, not, not increasing, but going through the roof. Of course, farmers with, with more money to invest and, 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 and improve productivity, they are investing in buying potash and potash prices have been also now for several months really rocketing up. So that's, that's a long-term, very strong fundamentals and, and short-term, a very good moment for potash. Uh, and, and of course, then you have uh, moves like a BHP as well. But uh, I think coming coming to the forefront of of the a lot of people attention now. 
Uh, yeah, it was interesting actually. Just before we uh, we we started recording this, I was watching CNBC and they had a news broadcast, and they were talking about uh, U.S. farmers and fertilizer prices. And there was one guy saying that a ton of fertilizer uh, was two hundred and twenty bucks this time last year. This time he got the invoice for eight hundred and fifty bucks a ton, yeah. which was a massive, massive increase, pushing inflation into that food chain. So. Clearly, yeah. it's a big opportunity, I guess, out there at the moment. Yeah, no, exactly. When I say rocketing up, it's really you see the charts of uh, corn prices and and soon after uh, potash prices really going uh, vertical now. And uh, I mean, it's, it's of course not not sustainable. Things will stabilize, but it, it will it will be at a, a good level considering the fundamentals. You're talking about the US now. Now also yeah. that reminds me, the US has um, defined or uh, determined potash is a strategic product for them from, again, food supply and, and uh, security of supply and, and food uh, um, security as well. And the European Union is considering that. So potash is becoming a now as well with, with um, these prices coming up very much into the strategic attention of, of major uh, superpowers, not these days. So, Nacio, you've you've been uh, the CEO of uh, Highfield Resources now for, oh, I guess, nearly eighteen months. I, I, I'd say. Yeah. What, what attracted you to Highfield, and and why uh, why Highfield Resources? Well, uh, I mean, any any you know, in my mind, you no, know, any project or any companies is three elements that I always look at: uh, is asset, capital, and people. You no, know? that is the sort of by the book uh, definition, yeah. and and the asset is outstanding in the case of, of Highfield. I mean, I've been, as you say, one year and a half. We, we might be talking more about that later. I, I was getting uh, very few questions about the project itself. Is is uh, the market understands the project, understands the geology, the the relatively easy engineering, the the markets uh, perspective. Uh, that is probably the strongest point of this project to be in the middle of such a strong agricultural region. So from an asset perspective, it's, it's an asset with huge potential. Right now, from the capital perspective, we have the capacity and the support of, of shareholders and, and the current healthy financial position to move the project forward. And people, well, in this year and a half uh, as well, I, I've been doing or we've been doing some reorganization and uh, into the board that is now lean and mean, but very strong presence in, in Australia, into the capital markets, as well as global mining experience and uh, the management team with a very, very strong local uh, presence and, and local background, as well as, as experience in the, in, the, in the mining industry and in building projects. No? So uh, I, I really like um, all of that in Highfield and in the project MUGA. I, I've been 30 years, I mean, I, I am originally Spanish, uh, and, uh, but I've been 30 years working internationally in, in Shell and in Orosur, as you explained, in, really in the natural resources in countries in Europe and in South America. So going back to Spain, and not only to Spain, but I come originally, I was born and raised in Bilbao, which is very close to, to Pamplona and to the project. So it's not just Spain, but very much in the same region. You know, in Spain, every region is, is, is a world in itself. And um, so that was after some years, is of course a, a plus. And, um, and, and very much is, is the opportunity to build something from new and, and with the sort of features of this project that is always nice to do. And I, I could see probably my, my experience, my, my background in 
uh, at a moment where the company was trying to get through the permitting process that that was I, I could add into the into the um, into into the company and sort of uh, unleash uh, the value that is there already you know but uh, I could contribute that way to make it happen and get us through a bit of a tipping point and get the, the project through yeah absolutely all right well for us dummies that uh, aren't that familiar with the, the high field uh, resources project maybe you could uh, outline uh, the actual project itself and, <laughs> and the and the big attraction uh, for you for the project so the uh, Highfield is an ASX listed company, uh, as you explained, HFR, and uh, has one project. is is in in a well, we have several tenements, but it's all around the Muga project. Muga means border because in in Basque, in fact, not in Spanish, because it's between uh, two regions, uh, Navarra and Aragon. And, but basically that is the project of the company. So we are in development, but very much close. We already got uh, all the mining permits and we are, uh, and environmental permits, of course, and we are finalizing what we call preparation for construction and planning to start construction at the beginning of next year. So as I said, a very, a turning point for the company. I mean, very much it was extremely important to get the mining concession on the 1st of July, uh, 2021, that I think has been, has been has transformed the company from an uh, from a, a sort of I don't like to say paperwork company to a, a mining company and, and just getting us to construction. So that project is uh, has two phases. Um, the first phase is half a million tons of uh, will produce half a million tons of MOP potas. Uh, we, we might talk later about the difference between MOP and SOP. And, uh, and we, the second phase will get us to 1 million tons of, of uh, MOP. So uh, very much uh, about to start that construction. It is north of Spain, all the infrastructure in place, and we are all based here. And, and that is what uh, the company is about. Yeah. I've got to say, when you mentioned the Basque country, I, I went to San Sebastian a few years ago, was completely flummoxed by the language, uh, the alphabet, uh, the, the pronunciation. It was just so alien to, to the Spain that I I'd normally come across. It's, it, it was uh, very strange. That is interesting. The, the Basque is the oldest uh, language in Europe, the oldest language in Europe. Not only that, but it is pre, and I'm going to make a, a mess here, Pre-something, pre uh, which no, no other language is, is that. Um, and uh, somebody told, told me if, if the Basque were German, that was probably the biggest uh, cultural monument in, in Europe. No, but well, leaving that aside, yes, there is very yes. culturally, it is a very, very special uh, language. Mm. Because simply the how old it is, no, yeah, yeah. Very beautiful part of the world as well. Now, now I am a dummy when it comes to potash mining. How do you mine potash? Is it just dig it out the ground, or you got to go underground? How how does it work? Well, there, there are different methods. In, in our case, we are using a very simple Roman pillar method. So, and um, the advantage we have in one of the advantages of our project is typically these projects uh, Roman pillar. MOP projects, big projects in Canada, they need to build a shaft um, and they need to go through, typically you have an aquifer on top of the mineralization. So we are lucky, or is one of these 
inbuilt advantages of the project that we don't have an aquifer on top of the mineralization. And because the mineralization is quite shallow, 350 meters depth compared to 1,000 or more in all, in all the other peers, uh, typical uh, projects that we are talking about, then we are going to access that with declines. So from a mining perspective, it is going to be very conventional and straightforward and Roman pillar uh, method for underground mining. And, and we are accessing through to declines two and a half kilometers each. Yeah. And what sort of capex are we, we talking about for the, uh, for the project initially? So we, yeah, no, initially, so it's, uh, as I said, it's two phases. The first phase is going to be 400 million euros, uh, and that is to build the the mine, the, 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 the mine gate and the plant. And there is a second phase of an additional 200 that uh, certainly we will do. We have the permits to do all of that. Uh, it's more than anything else just to uh, swallow the whole project in, in, two, in two bits. And potentially we will have the chance to do the second part as well with um, our own cash flows coming from the operation and also take advantage of the let's say of the of the learnings from the from the first phase but the second phase is simply a mirror image of the plant next to it we have everything prepared for it so it's 400 initially so as far as um you know things that investors should look out for in 2022 what, what are the kind of the, the milestones or the catalysts uh, that we could see the share price has already been doing quite well recently uh and it, it's been getting some good press. Uh, one or two fund managers have been really attracted. This one is a very undervalued play. And of course, with the potash focus now on BHP, uh, what, what should we be looking for in 2022? Where, where should yeah. we uh, yeah. sort of place our milestones? It, it, it is very much undervalued. And I think it's understandably like that at this stage or, or, no, or not, depending perspective. But uh, I think it is a very much, it has been for many years, all this emphasis about the permitting. And th that is behind us in the sense that 1st of July, as I said, we already got the mining permit, but it's not easy to shake up uh, a sort of a perception in the market when when right, you've been there for many years. No, that is, that is, as I said, behind us, we are preparing the construction and um, that means uh, we are working with our partner, which is Acciona, is, is a Spanish construction, very successful in Spain, but also I understand they have more uh, business now in Australia than in Spain, but uh, they will do most of the work. We will do part. We want to keep, make sure, keep them competitive and make sure we get, uh, we get the best um, the best performance out of the construction. Uh, we are also, there is still a bit of paperwork with the town halls in Spain. You need for any construction uh, construction license, be it mining or anything or, or whatever, or any construction you do. And, and very much is the financing. In the financing, we are, I mean, we wanted to generate this update on research and feasibility you, you mentioned, just to reconfirm, of course, just before doing all the financing and the work that we, the numbers are, as strong as, as had been presented so far to the market and we reconfirmed that and basically not only that but we got a very good we are working with endeavor financial our advisor to help us through the process and we are in, in a lot of discussions with the banks just to hopefully get a term sheet quickly that will be one of the things that we should see early in 2022 and we are targeting in the order of 300 million euros of, of debt, I mean, because the cash flows of the project allow for that, uh, we believe. So that will give us, uh, leave us a, a gap of 
uh, to the 400 minute invest that is, is doable. We've, we've been working, I mean, you never know how this will end up, but we see a lot of progress in discussions with strategic investors. This is the window of opportunity to do it. First of all, the marketing sales strategy is still open. We want to keep it open for us. Uh, the selling our product is a strength, is not a challenge or something we need to manage as many potash projects uh, face. No, that's not uh, is, is the opposite. And basically, when somebody with an interest on those areas could join the company and support us with capital and also as well, a financial investor that sees the relatively stable uh, flow of uh, cash flows year on year um, as well could be interested. We have this window. If we get it, that would be great. And we see we are seeing progress there. If not, we know the, the, the gap will be doable, no? as I said, with the support we have. So um, we will see I, the, the, to, us finalizing the work with ACCIONA in terms of maximum price and construction agreement. We will see the construction licenses I, I explained uh, being granted by the town halls. They are very prescriptive um, process, so hopefully no, not an issue. And we will see as well the financing moving forward, term sheets, credit approvals, and, and potentially a, a strategic investor, you, you never know. And, and very much announcement, uh, we are getting decision to build and start building uh, sometime in the first half of 2022. Right. Oh, and when do you expect first production after the, yeah, after? after so if the, we are expecting construction two, two and a half years. So we are expecting 2024, sometime in, if it's two or two and a half, beginning or, or end of 2024 to be in production. And I'd imagine you're, you'd probably need to show some offtake agreements in terms of uh, the, the financing as well. Yeah, well, as I said, we see the, the marketing and sales strategy as a strength. So we are making the best use of that. The company ran an exercise, I think it's four, five, it was before my time, and uh, with, with banks and got credit approval of 185 million. We know we can do a lot more now, but okay, the condition the condition at the time was to get non-binding uh, MOUs with of taken. Well, they were keen to see uh, agreements with traders uh, rather than other type of um, customers. So we have already from that time enough to cover phase one and, and, and more. Um, and uh, that is enough. We will do as much as we need for financing purposes, but we, we it is in our interest when you are in a strong position to keep that strategy open, both for a strategic investors point of view and also because we will take just to take the best uh, possible deal as we move forward. No, it's not a concern, it's something that we should make the most out of it. Now, now you already do have quite a, a large, I guess, strategic investor in EM Capital with, with Owen Hegarty. Yeah, wow. they, they, they've got 27%. I, 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 Assume that they're a, a very supportive shareholder. They're certainly very shrewd shareholders uh, in the uh, the mining and resources space. So good to have those guys on board. I'd imagine. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. They've been from the beginning with the company. Uh, we have one EMR representative in the board. Our chairman used to be an EMR, not not anymore. He's independent now. So we have a very strong relationship, of course, and and and. Um, and a support from EMR and Owen, personally, he was uh, involved uh, directly with uh, Highfield 
for years. I mean, the of course the the permitting took quite a little a lot of time, but now that we got it on the first of July is is even more um, reassuring. EMR, EMR can only see these working as 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 we get to production no, and making sense for them. So we have Owen himself cheering up for us as well recently on the back of the numbers of feasibility studies, etc. So very very happy with uh, with that uh, support from EMR indeed. Now, now earlier, Ignacio, you talked about um, MOP and SOP and, mm. and the difference between the two. Maybe you could just run through because I guess some of our members are, are probably yeah. a little bit familiar with, uh, with SOP. We, we do have um, some sulfate of potash people. Uh, investors here, but maybe not MOP. Can you just run through the differences? I, I, I agree, Henry, because uh, these are, to some extent, these two different uh, products, markets. We talk about potash, uh, but it's covering both of them. And in Australia, as you see, as you say, there is more, there are a few SOP projects, not so much MOP. The BHP is an MOP project. So basically the main, uh, let me start, MOP is myriad of potash, SOP is sulfate of potash. Uh, the main difference uh, from a market perspective is MOP is 70 million uh, tons globally, SOP is seven. So MOP is 10 times the market of SOP. And you can make SOP out of MOP uh, through the right. Mannheim uh, process, uh, as well as, as as doing directly, let me just put it uh, somehow. So there are a few in Australia probably are more focused about SOP because there are a few projects of SOP. Um, because the market, I mean, we are seeing both prices coming up in, in this recent, as I explained before, uh, but MOP is running uh, faster, let me put it that way, because of several reasons. And, and in fact, uh, there is a premium of SOP because you do it from MOP, of course it has to be. And SOP is meant to to be used in um, in cases MOP is not tolerated by, by some of the plants, like uh, fresh uh, fruits of vegetables, while MOP is used uh, more broadly in, in all sorts of crops, uh, generally, as far as as they can use it, uh, farmers prefer to use MOP, SOP is more specialized. Now, because it's, I mean, we are talking about half a million, one million uh, um, production in our project within 70, a global market of 70 that is growing to 90 or 100 in the next few years, that is, uh, that is small. You can imagine in the SOP sphere, Projects like this uh, would make a different uh, impact. No? SOP projects are, are are growing. MOP not so much. Uh, BHP, of course, you mentioned that, but it's still quite a few years down the line when the the market and the demand is is going to assimilate that. And 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 I think in the case of BHP will affect a lot more the North America um, competitors, no, or peers rather than us in, in Europe. But um, we see a lot of potential. And when I've been talking about potas, I've been always talking about MOP. And uh, as I said, in such a big market, in our case, with um, MOP production in, in Spain, in Catalonia, in the east of Spain, uh, declining, some of the, in, in Europe in general, declining, in Catalonia, one mine shut recently in Germany also. I mean, these are mines uh, close to 100 years of in production that are also declining. And so we see also from the supply side uh, things coming 
uh, well, more difficult. Uh, so it's a very good opportunity for high field. We see, I mean, the main producers of MOP are Russia, Belorussia, and Canada. And uh, Belorussia, of course, with the political situation, European restrictions uh, there. Russia, some problems with floodings. Uh, Canada as well, some problems uh, from time being, and in Europe, I said also in declining. No? So supply coming down in, in MOP when in SOP, especially in Australia, is, is quite a few projects with, with different uh, level of success that are moving forward. No? So it's a clear, I think it's a very clear difference between the two markets, the two products, yeah, businesses at the end of the day. And it does seem that these uh, resources, as you say, you know, 100 years of production, BHP is talking about, you know, the Janssen project uh, being a 100-year project. What's the sort of uh, mine life of the uh, the Mooga um, resource? Yeah, we published in, in the current, and which was very much in line with the information that was already there, a 30-year mine life. We, I, I, I mentioned to you at the beginning, Henry, we have this MUGA project, we have other tenements. We are already adding um, on, the, on the west of MUGA, Vipasca, another tenement to the mining concession in the next few months. And we are still exploring going to the east towards Aragon and, and in direction, just following the Ebro basin. The Ebro is the static river in, in uh, going to the Mediterranean. There is more opportunities. That's, of course, our focus very much now is to get Muga up and running, but there is a lot of potential in Muga itself and, and next to Muga. No? So it's no reason. Uh, and, once you are in production, you are either building more mines along the tenements uh, or or extending the mine life of Muga. We see a lot of potential there, of course. I think I need to do a mine visit, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice, <laughs> nice one, yes. I, I think it's, uh, it's, it certainly sounds a very appealing mine visit and, and uh, a tax write-off to pop out to Spain and, uh, and see you <laughs> no. guys. Nothing difficult there, easy access. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be a nice one. A nice one. Yeah, it would be a nice one. I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be really happy to, uh, to uh, share a glass of Rioja with you. On uh, nice... I'm sure you've done more difficult ones than this one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, Ignacio, thank you so much for your time. Um, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Uh, I know that um, you're a busy man, and it's very early in the morning. So I do appreciate you giving up the time. To, uh, to talk to our members today. And uh, Highfield Resource is certainly one that we shall be uh, keeping an eye on. And I think the potash story, especially uh, as, as BHP transitions and becomes, I guess, the poster child in some respects for the potash story, because it's, it's sort of been on again, off again with BHP. I think it will shine more light on the sector. Uh, and clearly you guys are going to be at the forefront of that in Australia as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to your progress over 2022 and beyond and production in 2024. That's great. My pleasure, Henry. Many thanks to you. Thanks a lot. Gracias. It's been Gracias. Uh, it's been a delight, and I will uh, I will endeavour one day uh, when when they let us out of the country to uh, to, to pop over and, and and touch base with you maybe in uh, in Spain and and see the project for myself. But but thank you very much again. I, I wish you and your family a terrific Christmas and stay safe over there. And uh, compliments of the season, etc. So uh, and I hope twenty twenty two is a fantastic year. So thanks very much, Ignacio. Absolutely. We look forward to 2022. Thanks, Henry. All the best.